Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Well, thanks for tuning in. I am Roger Fields. I'm here with my brother, Jeff. Say hi, Jeff. I'm Jeff Fields. Hello. I'm, I'm you know, this corny say, say hi, Jeff. Hi, yeah, Jeff. I mean, I know, that seemed a little too old and like worn that. out, so I didn't want to do that. So. Yeah, I got you. Uh, anyway, we're broadcasting this from um, Moonlight Fields Wedding Farm. This is my wedding farm in Central Kentucky in Nicholasville, Kentucky. Uh, we're two recovering pastors just having a lot of fun talking about life on this side of the cross, talking about the joy and the freedom that that brings, and also talking about whatever quirky things that have come through our lives in, in, in recent days, I and mean, just whatever comes to mind. So you never know what you're going to get on this podcast, but it's all free, and we don't solicit... Um, uh, donations and we don't have advertising so anyway and we don't have time to really edit this thing either so it's what you hear it's kind of the way we did it so anyway Jeff, anything going on on your side of town or? one thing i thought i would mention is that now we're a little ahead of time but we're not sure how the schedule is going to go anyway we may be saying hopefully we'll be saying this again but you and i got we're um interviewed is that the right word uh or invited to be on somebody else's podcast yeah. the other night and it won't be till july but there's a podcast by frank uh friedman um and 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 a What's friend the name of, his, of his podcast. Did we know? Our resolute hope. Our resolute really hope. good podcast. All so right. if you want to add, if you um, now don't you know don't drop our podcast to listen to that one. That wouldn't be good. But if you want to add another one, just kidding. If you want to add another <laughs> yeah, yeah. one, uh, look for our resolute hope. Frank is a pastor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I think he's kind of in the process of retiring. I don't think he's retired, but kind of in the in a transition period. And they'd ask about, um, and we met them a couple years ago when we were in Baton Rouge, and he had contacted us about being on his podcast. So we actually had, uh, his podcast are a little longer than ours. His are like 40 minutes long, and, and we talked long enough to do two different podcasts. So sometime in July, they're supposed to air. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> so we were long-winded enough they could get two podcasts I think, I think of most of their guests are. Right. Sometime between now and then, one of the All other right. ones they've inter- interviewed is Andrew Farley. So I'm yeah. sure Andrew is thrilled that he did not have to follow us. So yeah. you know, I'm, I'm glad. I, I All right, here, here I have a question for you. <laughs> that just went past you, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. If you follow us, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, you know, we, t- we talk a lot of, in, in this podcast, and, and we I think we kind of understand our audience a little bit that, you know, we talk to a lot of people who I think are kind of burnt out on just trying to perform for God and the religious obligations and all that. And it's easy to um, come across if we're saying you just now you become a spiritual couch potato. You know, you just sit there and soak it in. And we do believe in resting in the finished work of Christ. And we do believe that, that um, you know, I, I like the phrase I heard somebody say on Facebook that are you living a finished work life? And I like that. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, too. I mean, we. We can't say that nothing we do has any impact right. on us spiritually. And so I heard this analogy. I thought, what a great analogy. For some people, it's like we're just going through a car wash. We're just kind of sitting there, and the car is in neutral, and it's dragging us through the machine, and it's getting washed. And really, in a car wash, you don't do anything. Yeah, Once you get in there, the you, yeah, just you just sit there and wait to get to the end. <laughs> and for a lot of people, they say, it sounds like you just kind of, you know, you believe we're in a spiritual car wash. And you don't have any impact whatsoever. And I, I don't believe that. I don't believe we contribute anything to our relationship with God, our salvation, or our acceptance of Him. But it does matter. You know, if you're, I mean, if you decide to attend a Sunday morning congregation, if you attend a congregation, it's always telling you about what your failures are and how much you're, you know, not living up to what God wants from you, as opposed to attending some place that is emphasizing the grace of God. That can mm-hmm. have an impact on your. Yeah spiritual life 
And so some things you do do matter. Right. And there's so many, you know, I mean, there's a good chunk of the New Testament epistles is directives about our behavior yeah, and our conduct. I mean, I've thought a lot about this lately. And, and one of the things that's, that I find myself thinking is, okay, you know, how do we, we talk about rest a lot. Hebrews talks about rest, but then we, you know, there's a lot of verses that talk about doing stuff right. and, and we diligence and all this. So, so how, how, do you, how are both of those true at the same time? Here. And we don't want to be just guilty of double speak and say two right. things. So I think right. there is a way to distinguish those, but go ahead. Here's, what, here's how I would say that. And I may be wrong the way I think of this, but this is kind of the way I think of it. Is that you, you build your life on the finished work of Christ? In other words, I know that it's all it's all settled. My eternal salvation settled. My relationship with God is settled. I have been made righteous. It becomes kind of, a, for lack of a better term, maybe a platform or a foundation mm-hmm. that then allows me to, I believe, live life to the fullest, the life that He's given me, which allows us to do a podcast, allows us to go through life, have hold down jobs, maybe you know, write a book. Um, it allows us to just do a lot of things in, in, in a way, uh, in freedom. Paul Not, talked that he labored yeah. more than the others. Yeah. I, mean, he, I mean, there's things you do do. You can't say, well, we just don't do anything. Well, we get up in the morning. There are things we do. We just don't do them to be approved of God or to okay. please him. I think that's the key. I think, I think when it comes to being approved by God, being forgiven, being accepted by God, being closer to God, being righteous in his eyes, we do zilch. Right. It, it is floating through the car wash. Right. And that. In that. But yeah. when it comes to, you know, God has put in us his love. So we have a love for others. And so then we do work to serve others and to love others, but it is not in any way to be closer to God, be more righteous before God, be acceptable to God, or raise our standard or anything like that. So. I think it would be the same thing. I think that the analogy that the New Testament gives is a relationship between a parent and a child. Mm-hmm. Your child you know, has complete acceptance or a part of the family, and that's, that's intact. That's not going to change. But as they grow up, you do motivate them to do different things. You want them to experience life to its fullest. It's not that we're trying to get them to do things to please us. At least that shouldn't be the motivation. The motivation is we want them to get the most out of their own lives, and we want them to learn and grow and develop. And so the things that they do are completely different. Now, if a child was always trying to, and, there are, and I've read lots of stories, a lot of people in Hollywood will tell you that they do a lot of things that they've done to try to get their dad's approval. Yeah, you know? or athletes a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, a lot You're of that t- successful And athlete. that's sad. Or politicians yeah. or different. Yeah, yeah, any, yeah and, and that's sad. And, and that, but that's how it can be turned around. And that's what religion does, turns it around. Yeah. You do things to get approval from God. But when you start off with a relationship that you're in t- that's intact, God already approves you, loves you, nothing you can do can change that, that frees you up to do stuff. Yeah. And, okay, the other thing, too, I thought of, and right along with this, is we also don't do these things to get God to bless us more. Right. I think that I was into that big time. I, I, I need to be the man of God so that, I will experience more of God's blessings, and if I do A, B, and C, then God is going to do D, E, and right. F. So when it comes to doing things so that God will bless me more, zero, right. zilch, nada. Right. Totally arrest on that because he's already given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. Right. Right. And, you know, that was – I may mention this one other time, but, you know, most of my work career, you know, I've not been on a commission. You know, the vast majority of it I paid based on – 
the production that comes about in the business that I do. Well, when you're in what that is, situation, what business is the, that, the financial Jeff? services industry, yeah, which we have no idea what that means. So, but go um, ahead. That's all right. So I, I, I you know, I, I can't remember the last time I was on a set salary. It's been decades. Well, yeah. when you're in that situation, particularly years ago when all the kids were at home and I was you not had as to established to survive. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you, you wonder, okay, where is the next month's income going to come from? When you're in that situation, it is really easy to fall. And I did for a while fall in trap of, okay, I've got to live a holy life if I want God to bless my business. Yeah. And if I mess up too much and if I sin too much, and that I think is way off base now. And it, it kind of dawned on me at one point, I forget how it came about or who I heard talk or what, or if it was just a scripture that realized, no, God is willing to bless me just because of his son, Jesus Christ, right. and, and he loves me. Now, and me I don't you, have to right, perform right. to get God. Now there's cause and effect in this world. Now if I go out right, and right. you know, if I develop a gambling habit, then that's going to impact my finances well, or things like you developed, that. Oh, let's, say like, let's say you developed, oh, I don't know, a, a golfing golf habit. habit and you just frittered money away on the golf course. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, if you spend too much money. So those are, just, but, but those are, you know, cause and effect in this world or right, drinking right. or things like that. But it's not God. Those are just natural consequences. Right. If I jump off the roof of my house, you know, two-story house onto the concrete below, and break my leg it's not i don't say god punished me for jumping no right. that's just gravity there. but would you agree with this now this is this is this is a difficult one i think okay would you agree or th- or uh, would agree would you believe or think that if you put your faith in the finished work of christ and you realize that that you all that god has done for you in christ and you're not focused on getting stuff from god mm-hmm does it position you to then maybe get blessed? I mean, is there, is, there a, is there a truth that just allows, it's not that God does things because you're doing something and it's reciprocal. You know, he's giving you something right. back. But that it puts you in a position where you can see the blessing of God in your life. I mean, I will tell you, I kind of think so. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That may be a little general and vague for me to kind of, Come I think, up with a specific answer. I mean, there are there are statements in Scripture about God's blessing in just real world things. You know, real world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, seek. You know, before the cross, seek yeah. first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Well, we we don't seek first the kingdom now as much as we just receive the kingdom by faith. That's the way it works after the cross. And there are things I believe. For instance, when when. Um, if any blessing or anything comes good in my life, I always thank God for it. Now, I never think, well, okay, this is happening because I did X. Because you so tied. That, yeah, That's because, why it happened. Yeah, you because, tied. Yeah, well, so right. See, I don't, of, I don't yeah. believe that. Right. I believe that maybe it's just easier. You know, it's not that God sends the blessing, but it's just easier to maybe receive, I don't know. I think maybe Bless, the— Blessing is not the right word. If I think the word faith comes to mind. And almost it can be kind of the reverse. If I'm trying to do stuff with God for God to get more blessing, I, that could actually kind of stop. Yeah, that's not faith. Up. Yeah, well, oh yeah, right. And I think so, that can be counterproductive. Yeah. So it's it's. I guess if there's something we do that allows us to experience more of God's blessings, I think it would be faith, not necessarily. Yeah. Not because I got up every morning and read my Bible and had my quiet time at five thirty every morning or things like that. I think, but, and I can. I'm just giving you my opinion. I think when you rest in God. You rest in what Christ has done for you. You set yourself up for a little bit better life. I think you set yourself up for a certainly a more peaceful life, a more joyful life. And I, 
you know. You know, to so. some extent, I, I see what you're saying. I can see that, but then I also, you know, there are people that that know the grace of God, enjoy the grace of God. You've gone through persecution and have know. gone through incredible pain. Yeah, and and so you know, I, I agree. Uh, that, that's where I'm a little hesitant on that. I'm not but, saying that you won't see in this world you will have trouble. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. that's true for everybody. Um, I've got a few little things. So, you, you got any more on that? No, go ahead. This before we get into some more. Uh, this kind of an off-topic thing. Before we get a few other little brief scripture type of things. But I read this in the news the other day. I think this was in Utah. A lady I, I didn't. I don't remember her name. But she died on her tombstone. She put something very interesting on her tombstone. So I don't know what you would put on. You know, if you were going to put something kind of strange on your tombstone, you know, not normal on your tombstone. What hey, I haven't really thought about it. But anyway, the lady in Utah. Have to think about that one. And they showed a picture of it. I saw in the article on her tombstone, put her fudge recipe. Evidently, she was famous for her fudge in that little circle. Well, she was famous was for her of, fudge I mean, recipe. That's kind of a nice gesture, yeah, I guess, I for so, the you know, community. Picture of the tombstone. I'm about the left fourth of the tombstone. She must have really to bottom, had a good fudge uh, recipe. Yeah, maybe I need to I need to find that article and print huh. it off and see. If, but so she put her fudge recipe on her tombstone. So. Might be well, thinking what what things. I think it's time to bring up the terminology used. We haven't mentioned, I think, in quite a while in Galatians three from the Pigeon Bible, where the Pigeon Bible says that if you're trying to mix grace and the law, grace and works, is as your is your head all jam up. Your head, not your, your head. head. Your head, head all jam up. And who has put Kahuna on your yeah, head? Did someone put? Kahuna? Yeah. And so we just want to say again that if you're trying to mix grace with anything. Then your head all jam up, and somebody has put kahuna on your head. Don't they, know what kahuna is, but it's on your head. <laughs> Consistent with that, um, Terry Eskew, a friend of mine that I met, that you know, on Facebook, he had a great quote. Oh, the but, other let me day. say, let me interrupt you. But let me okay. say, for, when I say pigeon, that is a legitimate translation of the Bible. In case yeah. you've ever said pigeon, not the, the pig, bird. Yeah, not the bird. Yeah, it is a legitimate translation called the pigeon. Bible, P-I-D-G-I-N. The Hawaiian dialect. Yeah, it's a Hawaiian dialect. Anyway, go ahead. Um, anyway, Terry Eskew, a friend of mine, um, put this on Facebook. And it's kind of almost, I don't know if he intended this way, but it's a twist on a line that we've talked about. He said, if, if we're not forgiven of all, we're not forgiven at all. You know, we've kind of poked fun yeah. at the thing if Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. That's and, pretty and good, that's actually. Yeah, you know? If, if we're not, not forgiven of all... We're not forgiven at all. I mean, for, forgiveness is a noun in the it's new not, covenant. It's not it is, it is in Christ, right. and you know we don't ask to be redeemed over and over again, so we don't need to ask to be forgiven over and over again. Yeah. The other thing I and so a few different things here. These are all kind of may or may not be connected. You know, I was familiar with a verse. Paul, you, I'm sure you remember. Paul said, "All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient," or something like that. All you, things you are beneficial. That. Some right. translations say. Were yeah. you aware that? He mentions that twice in the book of First Corinthians. <laughs> no, I'm it's not. in First Corinthians six twelve and in chapter ten verse twenty three. No, twice, uh-huh. and I don't know what significance there is. You can make too much emphasis of that, but twice it says all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Anyway, the um, read been reading a little bit more of Andrew Farley lately, going back and rereading some of this. I love this analogy. You like analogies, I like analogies. I think you really like this one. I don't know if you remember him saying this or not. He said reading the Bible without a new covenant lens is like watching a 3d movie without the glasses. Now, I've never been, I've <laughs> well, never been to a 3d movie. Have you ever been to a 3d yeah, movie? I have, yeah. And he said, you know, everybody, you go to the 3d, 3d movie, you can't, you cannot withstand the temptation to slip the glasses off to see what it looks like yeah, without right. that. And you, and tell me if this is your experience. If you take them off, you can kind of see a little bit of what's, what it is, Yeah, but it's, 
not clear. It's pretty and wonky it's fuzzy looking, and yeah. wonky looking. Yeah. Is that, I forget the Greek word for wonky looking, but and but I thought wonky it was great. Of, Reading the yeah, Bible sure. without a new covenant lens is like watching a three D movie without the glasses. I have to you think know, about that. But so you can, I see, can see, you know, yeah, Jesus died for me. He rose, grace, and so you get some of the general things, but it really comes into focus when you, you know, put the glasses on and look at it through the through the new covenant. I, I think one of the things that's amazing about the cross and the gospel and kind of sad amazing, is that for a lot of people, it, the gospel hides in plain sight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like nobody's heard the idea that Jesus died for your sins. You know, It's just that it it's kind of like it's so out there that we just look past it, we look over it, we look around it, we just don't get it. And I think for a lot of people, the gospel just hides in plain sight. There's a verse that's jumping around different little things. I mentioned this briefly uh, when we were together a week or two ago, but we didn't have a chance to talk about it. The verse uh, Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. First part is very familiar. Jesus quotes in the gospels this one time. So Isaiah 29, 13. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips and have removed their hearts far from me. Okay, now we'll stop right there. So that's all we ever hear. That's all we ever hear. It's used to be very condemning. See, there you go. You're talking about... You're just singing the songs. You're 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 talking the talk, but you're not... Your heart's not with this yep and so it's always is a very very condemning kind of a verse so anyway go ahead and the last part of the verse you don't even have to you know we can't blame the the people who divided it up into verses we can't blame this you know we can't lay this on them because this is still within the same verse verse 13 and their fear toward me you know someone talk about worship or whatever but and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men People have feared you've toward taught me, people to just to be afraid just to of be God. Afraid of God, and we wonder and, why their hearts are not. Yes, yeah. I mean, yes. no wonder. I mean, that's totally that's totally accurate. They're, you, you know, you're supposed to you're supposed to be in love with a God who's just always criticizing, condemning you, making you fearful. I mean, it, it just makes no sense. So that that that's a very interesting. Teresa actually noticed this. She brought it to my attention, and it's yeah. kind, of, kind of struck her as well. Teresa's my wife. For those yeah. that don't know, said in the understanding or that the and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. This brings another thought that I, I find myself thinking more and more. We talked a little bit about it when we we were on the um, our Resolute Hope podcast, or I brought it up that we're taught by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a place for teachers in the body of Christ. I'm not saying there's not, but I think we put too much emphasis and there's too much dependence on human teachers instead of the Holy Spirit. Uh, our dad was a big believer in being led by the Holy Spirit and taught by the Holy Spirit, and I appreciate all the things that we heard him say through the years. That, And I think that's part of the reason there's so much division. There's a verse I read recently, um, as Carl Ketcher side that we talked about in the last podcast, pointed out 1 Corinthians 4 when it's talking about certain days, and it says, let each one be convinced in his own mind. Mm-hmm. Well, we'd be real nervous to say that these days mm-hmm. you know we want to come up with a mass we want to we have, want to have a group of people yeah. and we want everyone to think well, like the same okay. thing we want to come up with here is what we think and here's well, what we okay, believe tell me what you're talking so. about in, in talking about romans where it talks about whether every day is the same or, or one day is a you set aside as a special day and yeah. you can do it either way which is really is fascinating Paul says, if you want to make one day special fine go for it you know no big deal yeah. if you want to see every day the same that's okay too 
Yeah, this is. I tell you, I'm going to give another quote by Carl Ketcherside here because this. Where Are you going to just gloss it? You're not going to respond. Well, to that? this I mean, goes with that. Okay, I mean, okay, okay all right, all right, go ahead. Because he says, if we regard the new covenant as one in which God's laws, so I'm quoting from Carl Ketcherside that we talked about the last podcast, as one in which God's laws are inscribed in our hearts and written in our minds, rather than com- compiled in a written code of jurisprudence, the individual conscience, enlightened by truth, becomes the supreme court. So he's saying, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please boil that down for <laughs> me, okay. <laughs> That is saying if we, when we see the new covenant and we realize that, that God has given us a new heart and his laws are written on our heart, the law to believe in Jesus, the law to love one another, the royal law, then rather than compiled in a bunch of written codes, then really our conscience enlightened by the Holy Spirit becomes the Supreme Court. It goes on, an institution does not have a mind Although political, social, and religious movements operate in such a fashion as try to produce a mass mind of an organization man. We want everybody to think this. And, and so when we're, we're following a written code, he said this was never God's purpose. The idea runs counter to the design, divine design for our spiritual development. And then he quotes from Romans 14.5. Okay. Let every man be persuaded in his own mind is an expression of heaven's purchase purpose. Each individual makes the response of love to God a man according to his ability okay. at that time. So which means what? Say that. Boil that each individual is enlightened. Each believer, Christ is your life, is, is enlightened by the Holy Spirit. And we each look to the Holy Spirit and we trust the Holy Spirit to guide us into his truth. Yes, we listen in, to the teachers. In our teachers, own circumstances, in yeah. our own, you know, there's not, we don't take a written code and try to superimpose it over our circumstances. For, for every detail like, of every situation. Yeah. and We let, okay. And I've been in some groups that have done that many years ago in terms of specifically family life. I won't get into all the details, but said, you know, everybody's kind of thinking, okay, this is what a godly family looks like, and you got to do everything this, this, and this way to mm-hmm. be a godly family. And there's, or in, in, in the typical congregation, there's kind of a group think. So I guess that's part of what we're, the body of Christ is not about group think. It's we're each led by the by the shepherd. Right, right. And it's, that verse in Philippians, I think, is amazing. Chapter 2, I think, where Paul says, you know, if anyone sees this differently, essentially, you know, may the Spirit... Um, and I, I think yeah. we make a mistake when we parent kids so that they have to grow up and be and look a certain way within... Um, the body of Christ within the church, rather than just saying, we'll, we'll just see what God does in your life and how he leads you, rather than make them all the same kind of church yeah. goer, the same kind of servant within the church. I and mean, we kind of make these, what has been forever called the cookie cutter Christian. That really is a good point. And, and I probably could have done, I'm sure I could have done better than that. But so for parents, you know, the, the real goal is not for them to always remember what you said and to do things because you said this. We want our children to be led by the Spirit of God. And that's also true in a congregation. You know, a, a teacher or a preacher or a pastor, you know, the goal is not to get everybody to do what I want them to do. Right. We want to, or a friend or whatever, you know, in a small group type of thing, we want to encourage one another to listen to the voice of the shepherd and to be and, and encourage them in that way. So. Hey, hey, real quickly, can I give you Roger's secrets for a happy life? Are you ready? Yeah, as long as you don't go over. No, I get, I'll do this, in, I'll do this in, a, in less than a minute. Are you ready? Okay. And you, you can disagree. You feel free to disagree with any of these. And it could be a longer list or a shorter list, but I just like these. So, anyway, number one, embrace the finished work of Jesus. I think, you know, I mean, that's pretty deep. There's a lot involved in yeah, that. Yeah, there is. But, that, you know, but. let me just say, sometimes we need to say this in terms that, that are just ground level simple and i would say to people don't you want to be happy Mm -hmm. do you want to be happy i mean 
this stuff will make you happy. It's good news. You know, it's good news. Yeah. Number one, and just embrace the finished work of Jesus. And there's a believe that what he did for you is done complete, and you don't have to add to it. Number two, just find something to be thankful for. Thankfulness makes you happier. Uh, number three, forgive people. You've been forgiven. Take the same forgiveness you've given, and just don't hold grudges. Don't mm-hmm. hold bitterness. I mean, it makes you happier. You don't. It doesn't hurt them when you're bitter towards somebody. How many, it how many, hurts you. How many steps have we got here? we got five. They're not steps. Okay, okay, they're just okay, kind okay, of okay, ideas. Okay, you, don't, right. you don't do any of these. They're just kind of observations. Number four, don't hold expectations of people. Just don't expect people to yeah. always be or do or whatever. Just, just don't do that. Don't expect anything from people. And that way, if they do do something that works for you, then wow, it's great. You know? Don't have any illusions of what you expect with people. If you don't have the illusions, you'll never be... Disillusion. Disillusion, yeah. That's very clever. All right. And then number five, just don't worry about what other people think of you. You know, a lot of people are miserable because they're always consumed with what other people think of them. And the only way to avoid that is when we know that we're loved by the Father. And, I mean, so that frees us from that. So I got a little thing for the outro if you want to. Are you done? Yeah, you want to do an outro? Sounds like we're doing the outro. Okay, hold on a second. All right, ready? Hold on. All right, give us your outro. Heard this uh, the other day. A uh, pastor at the, little, at the congregation we attend said, a holier-than-thou attitude is not very holy. That's pretty good, I thought. A holier-than-thou holier attitude is not very holy. I guess I agree with that. Yeah, why not? Sure. I'm not sure it has is the depths of profundity that I thought I was going to get there, but okay, I can go with that. Thanks for listening. Hey, check out our book, Breaking the Hex, Life with that Life. Uh, with God after the cross killed slow religion. Down, I kind of stumbled over the title of my own book or our own book. Breaking the Hex, Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion, available on Amazon by the Fields Brothers. Thanks for listening. <laughs>